morning, everybody. Good morning. How is everybody today? We are so excited to come to you with another edition of Wake Up to Life with Lauren and Nate, your favorite Friday pro-life morning show in a post-pro America. Once again, I'm Laura Musica, President and CEO of Sidewalk Advocates for Life. And I'm Nate Robertson, Vice President of Sidewalk Advocates for Life. What a great joy it is for us to be with you again this Friday, each and every Friday, as we share what's going on in the pro-life world and how we can continue to not just change the laws, but change hearts and minds on this most preeminent issue of our times, the cause of life. That's right. Prayer, news, stories, a special interview, tips, more prayer. It is all right here, folks. So, uh, Nate, how are things in the great state of Florida this morning? Yeah, things are good, but man, it has been steamy. Uh, Multiple days this week in the afternoon, the heat index has been over 120. So, I mean, it has been like stepping into a sauna here in Florida. What do they call that? The real feel? It's the real feel. They do. That's right. You had never heard that term, but that's the term AccuWeather uses. So it's the term I typically use. I've switched it back to heat index because um, some people were confused. Yeah. uh, When you said that a few weeks ago, I was like, I think Nate just made that up on the spot, but that is a real weather term (laughs) or at least a real street weather term. (laughs) Breaking. That's right. heat index thank you producer. <laughs> just scrolled across the bottom of the screen there uh yeah it's been really hot 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 in the great state of texas i got to go to utah i'll be sharing a little bit more of that story here in just a bit when we share one of our top pro-life headlines uh, it was nice to go to 85 degree weather i spoke at the utah state capitol on Sunday evening for a prayer rally. And people were even walking up to me like, aren't you hot in that outfit? Aren't you hot? And I said, no, you don't understand. It's 104 in Texas right now. This is winter to me, right? (laughs) right. Oh my goodness. It was was a really, really nice break. Uh, But yeah, so great time in Utah. We also did uh, a ministry partner event in Houston. I'm now back in the great city of Dallas and getting ready to travel yet again. Oh, the producer's being a jerk. He just put on the screen <laughs> his beautiful suburb in Omaha. It is 71 and the high is 90. That is just wrong. That is wrong. <laughs> You're fired. Anyways. <laughs> Thanks, Andrew. Not yet. We we need you to do the show. You're not fired. Don't take Lauren know, so literally. Yeah, at least finish the show out, right? That's right. <laughs> oh my goodness. All right. Well, I think we're ready to get rolling this morning. Uh, Before we go any further, we always start things the right way. And that is with the word of prayer, right? So Nate, you want to lead us? Yeah, sounds great. Yeah, let's let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for the opportunity to be together today. God, we're just so grateful for all that's going on around us. God, we thank you for how you are using each of us to be a part of the, the pregnancy help movement across America and being there to support women who are in need and in unexpected and unplanned pregnancies. God, we just thank you for what you're doing. We're so grateful to be able to be together again this morning. God, I pray that you would bless all of those who are watching and listening. God, that you would continue to just work on the hearts and minds of men and women across this nation as we continue to reach out with love and support everywhere that women and men um, may be seeking information about pregnancy decisions. God, I pray that you'd bless our advocates who are on sidewalks today and throughout this weekend that you would be with all of those working in the pregnancy help movement. God, we'll continue to give you all the glory, the honor, and the praise. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Nate. And by the way, just a reminder that if you'd like to leave a comment, we would love that. Obviously, if you're listening to the audio, you can't do that. 
But if you are watching the show here on Facebook Live or on YouTube, you do have the luxury of adding a comment. So good morning, good morning. It's exciting to see some of the comments this morning. Please feel free to participate in the conversation. And there's Jeremy. We're getting ready to talk about Utah. I got to see Jeremy this week. Jeremy, one of our avid listeners, right? Always glad to have you with us. All right, here's the first headline of the week. Utah abortion ban lawsuit. The Utah Supreme Court hears arguments against injunction. So the Utah Supreme Court heard oral arguments Tuesday on whether to extend a preliminary injunction on Utah's abortion trigger law. Lifting the injunction would allow the law to take effect, ending abortion in most cases in the state. After more than four hours of argument, the court took the matter under advisement and will issue a ruling at a later date. The arguments delved into whether the Plaintiff Planned Parenthood Association of Utah has standing to wage constitutional rights claims, whether there is a right under the Utah Constitution to quote unquote terminate a pregnancy, as well as a number of other hypothetical questions. Now, if the court decides to end the injunction, Utah's trigger law would take effect, which would prohibit abortion in most cases with the following exceptions. So this is what they enumerate. If the mother's life is at risk, if the pregnancy was a result of rape or incest, or if two physicians who practice maternal fetal medicine both determine that the fetus, quote, has a defect that is uniformly diagnosable and uniformly, uniformly lethal, or has a severe brain abnormality that is uniformly diagnosable. Current state law permits elective abortion in Utah up to 18 weeks of pregnancy. Oh my gosh, there's a lot to unpack here. So as you heard, the Utah Supreme Court heard oral arguments about whether or not to lift this injunction, right? If these laws are permitted to go into effect, my estimation is that it's going to wipe out 98% of abortion in the great state of Utah, which is an incredible step in the right direction. Utah is a pro-life state. This is common sense. We don't, I mean, on one hand, we say we don't know why this hasn't been permitted to go into effect, but we also know that in post-war America, sometimes in our various states, we've experienced a little bit of state law whiplash back and forth, back and forth in the various states, right? And one of the things that I encouraged people as I was, we were visiting, Linda and I from the team were visiting Utah on Sunday, is to continue to press forward that we're believing that at some point these laws would be permitted to go into effect and protect innocent human life and mothers from a dangerous traumatic procedure. But we need to protect babies who are conceived in rape and incest. Um, there's no reason to directly kill a child to preserve the life of the mother. And also in situations of prenatal diagnosis, why would we want to subject both a mother and a child to a dangerous second trimester, for example, D&E abortion procedure? If you've ever looked up that procedure, it is grotesque. It is horrific. We are dismembering an innocent child. We can do better for mother and child in this situation. Um, I know that as we have been on America's sidewalks throughout the country, one of the things that we offer is the option to carry to term and it's healthier for mother. Of course, a child is not subjected to a painful procedure where he or she is dismembered, but we're able to journey with that mother through her pregnancy, allow her to give life to that child, to celebrate life as long as they have it together and to look upon her child with dignity. And there's some incredible peer 
counseling groups that journey with parents who've received news of a prenatal diagnosis, like Be Not Afraid and Prenatal Partners for Life. And so we've got some incredible options for, for people in these situations. So anyways, uh, to back up a little bit, I had the great blessing of being able to speak at the Utah State Prayer Rally for Life at the Capitol. So this was Sunday evening. Again, Linda from our team came with me. Oh, look at that producer. He put a collage of pictures up uh, on the board here, so to speak. So there's me standing at the state capitol in front of all of this, all the beautiful mountains. I was captivated by the beauty of Salt Lake City. Um, there's the state house where I, I spoke uh, in front of dozens and dozens of people who were there praying and educating and advocating. And then I got to do a media interview with local media and actually ended up on the local news that evening talking about why we were there and what we were hoping for the great state of Utah. So anyways, this was an incredible trip. Um, I, I said this in my speech, I'll say it again now, that pro-life Utah is among the most uh, well-networked, resilient, wonderful groups that's bringing people together across even faith lines and they are working to help mothers in crisis and save lives. And they've already seen incredible victories. They take a mobile unit out to their abortion facilities as well. And they do a lot of education in the community. So major props to Pro-Life Utah. And uh, Jeremy from Utah, who's one of our avid listeners, he just put in the comments there, the testimony from the state of Utah to break the injunction was pretty remarkable. Planned Parenthood's attorney, not great. Be hopeful and prayerful. Amen. Jeremy, thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you for being there. And thanks to all of our sidewalk advocates from Salt Lake City and beyond who were there, as well as uh, other pro-life witnesses. It was a great time. So, Nate, I'm hopeful for the great state of Utah. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's a really interesting case, right? It's a really interesting challenge that Planned Parenthood is trying to put forth here. It's unfortunate that even the temporary injunction is in place while the, the case is going through this process. Um, but I, I would agree with Jeremy. I've, I've listened to some legal analysis from the oral arguments. I listened to some of the oral arguments live myself. And it did seem like there was a very strong case from the state of Utah to defend or, or to really say that this injunction should be lifted. And um, Planned Parenthood's attorney seemed to be struggling with case law to cite. And if you know much about the way that these cases work, case law is really important, right? And the previous mm -hmm. cases that have been decided in the favor of your argument and citing those in those oral, oral arguments is vital. And so when the Planned Parenthood attorney was unable to cite cases referencing their position, um, it does seem to weaken their argument. So Yeah, yeah. Very good. Yeah. Great analysis. Great. And we are keeping vigil for the great state of Utah. So that's right. Go yeah. Utah. Our second headline today is that Ohio must defeat amendment legalizing abortions up to birth. Wow. This past Tuesday, Ohio failed in um, approving issue one, which would have raised the threshold to change the constitution in Ohio from 50% to 60%. And so now we must see Ohioans defeat the radical amendments that are that is on the ballot this November, which is legalizing abortion up to birth. Um, appearing on the ballot this November, this extreme measure would make abortion a constitutional right in the state. That would allow abortions up to birth, forcing taxpayers to fund abortions and prohibit any limits whatsoever on abortion. This includes parental consent. 
It, in, it includes informed consent or holding the abortion business accountable. So basically, the measure that is now before Ohioans for November would repeal any protection for, um, for women and for children in the abortion debate. In an email to pro-life voters, SBA pro-life president Marjorie Dansfelser urged pro-life advocates to fight hard to stop the amendment. Yesterday's election results in Ohio prove exactly why we as a movement must remain vigilant. We are up against pro-abortion dark money, well-funded by a Swiss billionaire, she said. Big abortion saturated the airways with deceptive ads. They confused voters every step of the way. SBA partner org Protect Women Ohio Action, alongside our allies in Ohio, did everything in their power to win yesterday. But we were outspent. That does not mean we are giving up. Again, these comments are from Wednesday, the day after the election. She continues with saying, abortion on demand is now closer to being permanently enshrined in the Ohio State Constitution. The right of parents to know whether their minor daughter is going to have an abortion is in danger. Ohio teeters on the edge of owning some of the most extreme pro-abortion laws in the country. Because of Tuesday's vote, the ACLU and its allies are going to have an easier time promoting their extreme pro-abortion agenda in the state. Dan Spelzer concluded, as a result, we are facing an uphill battle, but we are not backing down and we are not giving up. We need you to protect women, young girls, and the unborn in Ohio. You know, this is a really interesting whole situation in Ohio, that the pro-abortion movement in Ohio was able to get the petitions needed to get it on the ballot for this November. Then, then there was this move to try and pass issue one, got issue one on the ballot to try and raise the threshold to amend the constitution in Ohio. Unfortunately, it failed by about 400,000 votes and again, as many elections are, decided you know, very much based on turnout. It's about who can mobilize the most voters to get out. I believe that it was somewhere between um, less than 20% of the uh, Ohio um, you know, registered voters who voted on Tuesday. And so turnout's key and really focusing on November and defeating this measure at the ballot box in November is so important. It can be done. But it's going to take Ohioans joining together, link by link, community by community, neighbor by neighbor, to make sure that people understand what the amendment says, that they're not deceived into voting for the amendment when they are a pro-life voter, and that we can mobilize people to make sure that this is defeated. So, Yeah, really good information, Nate. So we are keeping vigil also for the swing state of Ohio. Again, there was most recently here a procedural vote. And that did not go in our favor, but we still have a chance to protect Ohio from the passage of this measure that would allow abortion until the point of birth. I can't even get my mind around that kind of depravity. Like who in their right mind? I mean, it's bad at any stage, right? We have life at any stage in the womb, but the idea that that common sense Americans would be okay with abortion okay. until the point of delivery when at least the the form of the child is so apparent. It's humanity, it's beauty, it's 
you know, unrepeatability. I, I just can't get my mind around something like that. But well, and I think we have to highlight like one of even one of the the precious children that I was able to help to to save here in the state of Florida. When her mom came to us on the sidewalk of the Planned Parenthood after seeing the ultrasound, she said, you know, I couldn't, I didn't think I was that far along when I saw the ultrasound because she asked Planned Parenthood and they allowed her to see the ultrasound. When she saw the ultrasound of her daughter at 12 weeks in the womb, she could see the humanity of her daughter. And she's like, no, I can't have an abortion. Get me out of here. Like this idea that people would be fighting for abortion till birth much less abortion at other points in the pregnancy is really wild. It is against, um, you know, natural law. It is against even what the vast majority of the world supports. There are only a handful of nations around the world who are in support and have legalized abortion past at least the 20 week mark. And many of them even, um, you know, restrict abortion to just the first trimester. So this is an extreme measure that is going to the ballot in Ohio. It needs to be defeated. We need to make sure that pro-lifers across Ohio and outside of Ohio are working together, link by link, chain by chain, to make sure that this is defeated. Yeah, absolutely. So well said, Nate. And a lot of people, in fairness, have not understood what they are voting for at the ballot box in our various states. And so even voters in Michigan had no idea that they were voting for abortion until the point of birth because they were concerned about other things that have been lumped in to what they were voting on. So we should keep that in mind as well. We just need to keep vigil, keep advocating and educating, right? So good. 100%. All right. If you have a question for us and you're here watching live, either on Facebook or YouTube, we would love to receive your questions this morning. Uh, if not, then Nate and I get to ask each other questions and we have to answer the question that is asked of us. <laughs> so that's the rule, unless it's, I don't know. I think Nate, I, I, that's how much I trust you, Nate. Like, I don't think you're going to ask me anything weird, you know? Right. Like, I do wouldn't. It. I don't know if I trust you the same. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I can, I can push it a little bit. So I, I mean, so, always, drum, uh, so drum, drum roll, please. We're waiting on a question. Anybody out there okay, have we need a question people in, the, in the, chat the chat to ask us a question or I'm getting ready to ask Nate a question here. So well, I'm going to go ahead and ask Lauren a question. And oh. this is a very easy softball that she will okay. enjoy answering. So can you tell us about your favorite pet and maybe the names of your pets that you currently have? Oh, I love this question. Okay, <laughs> so I joke that I save humans and dogs. If abortion, when abortion ends, I'm going to have a dog rescue farm. I already have three dogs. Uh, They're named after, (laughs) my husband loves craft beer. So they're all named after a type of craft beer. It's Porter Dunkel Barley. Um, I wish I had pictures. I wish I had video. You can can go on my Instagram account and actually click on my Instagram stories. I post funny videos of them all the time. Porter is my 85 pounder uh, Aussie lab border collie mix. He's got energy from here to the moon. I get so excited. Sometimes he runs into walls. He's 85 pounds. He looks like a really thick border collie. And then there's Dunkel. He's my snuggle bug. He's about 65 pounds. He's a pit mix. He looks a little bit more like a chocolate lab with all the other stuff in him. Um, He's just kind of sweet and goofy. 
Uh, he's kind of, he's been Porter's sidekick for the longest time. And then there's Barley. She's the princess of the group. She's a Bassett mix and she's stubborn. Um, sometimes doesn't eat her food. Sometimes sometimes doesn't want to go outside, but she's the one that loves to, to sleep at the foot of the bed. She thinks I hung the moon. I'm the one that actually walked her out of the shelter. So she thinks I'm the best thing since sliced bread. But anyway, she's, uh, uh, you know, she's she can be real sweet, but also a pain in the rear. Um, but she's a lot of fun. So there you go. Those are my three dogs, Porter, Dunkel, Barley. Um, fun fact about Porter, if dogs come on the TV, he will come running from the other room and sit in front of the TV at attention and start crying and, and sometimes even barking. He wants to play with the puppies on TV, but he also recognizes other animals as well. So anyways, if you were to go on my uh, Instagram stories and you can, you know, they have the the story block that you can save. There's one called the dogs. And if you click on that, you can watch Porter actually do this. Um, I got a great video of him crying in front of the ASPCA PCA commercial. Is that what you call it? SPCA, so. whatever. It's the dog rescue organization. It's like for $19 a month, you too can save a dog. And Porter's sitting there like whimpering in front of the, the TV. It's really funny. It's great. So, okay. 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 We have some great questions um, in the chat now. So, do you want me to pick, or are you gonna? Uh, pick? Nate, I want to pick one for you here. Uh, Nate, what is your biggest pet peeve? Man, that's such a hard question. That's why? Because you have multiple. Is that why? I don't know. I don't know if I. I'm trying to think. What What would be like my biggest pet peeve? Hmm. Mm, mm, your biggest pet peeve. Hmm. Lauren calling her. You know what? I, 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 no, I think I got it. I think I got <laughs> okay. it. Okay. Um, one, at least one of my biggest pet peeves and my wife, Kristen shares this is incompetence when it comes to restaurant staff, especially <laughs> like at a fast food restaurant, right? Like, come on. Like I, I gave you my order. You have one job to do, right? It's to put the items that I just ordered in the bag and make sure they get to my car. Right. So that is probably one of my biggest pet peeves when you end up with either missing items you paid for or not a straw or, you know, not a utensil if you got mac and cheese from Chick-fil-A or something. Yeah. So there you go. That's a really big pet peeve. Okay. Do your job. Be competent at your job at the fast food restaurant. How are you going to move up in the world if you can't? put two and two together and do the basics, right? So that's fair. Right. I, I see that. It's good for them and it's good for the customer for sure. That's right. Yeah. Okay, Lauren, you got a pet peeve real quick? Oh, burping out one. loud. Oh, I think it's gross. Okay. I think that was gross. so quick. You knew exactly yeah. what nope. your big it's pet, my top peeve, pet peeve was. It, it's fine if it's that so is sad. Gross. Hey, excuse me and move on. But if you like purposefully just like you know, belch out loud. That's disgusting. It is disgusting. That's thank gross. you. Thank you, Nate. Yeah. All right. Nate that's and I are going to agree on that. Okay. All right. Uh, okay. Now I I'm going to get, no, I'm going to ask you one because I started okay. that one and then okay. I had you answer it too. Um, let's see. Let's go to Jeremy's first question. Do you think the public opinion defaults to status quo more than it steers towards protecting life? What's the best way to advocate for the tougher option for life with the average person? Mm, ooh, that's a deep question. Oh my god. That's goodness. a good lawyer question today. So yeah. that's why you get it. 
Um, okay, here's my theory. I actually think that polling is not as accurate as we think. Uh, maybe I'm biased, but I, I even feel like when I travel and people ask me what Sidewalk Advocates for Life is, uh, 95% of the time they're ready to give me a high five or they tell me thank you for what I do. I actually think that the country is more pro-life than we think. I think people are confused. They're not as educated. I think if we were being honest and people were given honest information, I, I'm a huge believer that there are just things that we can't not know. This is the idea of natural law that's written on our hearts. This is something that's talked about in Romans 1, that the glory of God in a sense is, is evidence through his creation, Right. Um, now, as far as how we bridge that gap, because people are marred by sin and they're confused and, you know, uh, they are struggling with this issue. And one of the things I, I have to keep in mind is that at least a good fourth of our population has experienced abortion in some way. And we have a lot of healing that needs to get done and that skews people's view on this issue. It sends them into the the, the voting box, you know, sometimes rapidly pro-abortion because they haven't allowed God to heal them. And so I just keep that in mind that as I'm talking with someone, I may be talking with someone who has one or multiple abortions in their past or helps somebody or, you know, is the spouse of or, or, you know, former boyfriend of someone who experienced this. Right. And so I love to start just very basically with human ideas. Like we love helping women who are in this situation. Well, who's going to complain about us serving women. People ask what I do. And I say, well, I lead a, I'm an attorney who leads a nonprofit that helps women in unexpected pregnancies. Well, no one's going to be like, oh, that's awful. And then they go, well, how do you do that? And then I just kind of go to the next level with that. Well, we train, equip and support people to go to the abortion facility because women deserve options, right? So I try to find common ground first and then letting them know who we really are on the sidewalk and what we're proud of. And that starts to kind of, I think, flip this other person's idea of what it means to be pro-life, right? Um, and talking to a well-educated, you know, at least maybe when I'm getting on an airplane, I look semi-decent, right? This the semi-put-together young woman, um, they people are starting to get their minds around possibly a different idea. I think seeds are planted in powerful ways. So anyways, I hope I answered that question in a really short amount of time, but that's kind of how I proceed is I lean on natural law. I lean on the grace of God. And I'm hopeful. I'm hopeful that that people, God has made people equipped to be able to recognize the truth, right? So as I start kind of walking down the sidewalk in that regard, um, I have hope that that at least seeds will be planted and the Lord will send someone else to water those seeds, right? There you go. That's good. Yeah. Great line. Yep. All right, Nate, uh, what do you like to do for fun? Okay. What do I like to do for fun? Go There's lots of things. Many um, I, parks in Orlando. You, you tend to do that. That's right. Yeah. We, we, what'd you say? You're kind of a kid at heart. You like to go. I to am. The, yeah. I try very hard. So what do I like to do for fun? I love when it's not like 150 degrees outside. I love being outside at an amusement park, that's a lot of fun. We have fun doing that. Or I love anything that has to do with water. So I love being on a jet ski, being on a boat, um, swimming, being at the water park. We we love those things. Those are really um, great. I love to be on a bike. We have a, a great um, bike path around our house that's about 22 miles. I haven't done it recently, but I, I love to ride the bike on that when I, when I can. And I love being yeah. at the gym. I love working out. So there's a lot mm -hmm. of fun stuff. 
Yeah, that's good. All right. Uh, why don't we ask each other one more question, then we move on. This is far too fun. Okay. Okay. Well, Lisa had a good question earlier on in the chat that I think would be good to answer for everybody. When you're advocating at a driveway, do you prefer to have a sign next to you or not? If yes, what is your favorite sign? Um, I can go either way. I love the idea of a sign being somewhere on the sidewalk, maybe a little mm -hmm. bit down the sidewalk as somebody is coming towards me, or it can be right next to me to kind of reinforce, you know, why I'm there. Uh, I love a really simple, colorful, professional sign such as free pregnancy test and sonogram, ask me how, or something like that. It gets the free services out of the gate right away because the vast majority of women who are coming in are coming in because of financial reasons. And either way, women are blessed by those initial services as they are discerning what to do about an unexpected pregnancy. Right. Um, so I think I answered that then. Yeah, right? that was great. Okay, yeah, that was cool. a great answer that yeah. fully answered the question. And and I uh, I really agree. You know, I think signage is just so important when it is very clear, simple, um, it has something that people can connect to right away. Sometimes even having a couple signs, you know, as you're coming mm -hmm. down the sidewalk is really important. So, yeah, right. we have some thing... other great questions. Yeah, go ahead, Lori. Oh, yeah. I was just going to say one other thing. I have been so blessed by the fact that the last few times that I've traveled uh, and been on the sidewalk with our sidewalk advocates, I literally have had a client say to me here and there, by the way, where are the protesters that they told me about? That's one of my favorite things to hear on the sidewalk because we've completely dispelled any myth about who we're supposed to be from the media or from the, you know, abortion facility. And so that says to me that we're coming at it from so much of a help oriented perspective that the idea of the scary protester has completely fallen by the wayside. So I just love hearing that on the sidewalk. I thought I'd, I'd throw that in real quick. Yeah. I love that. Thanks, Lauren. All right. Well, I think we better move on or we're going to suck up the show with all these questions. We'll definitely do this again in the future. Next week, we've got a really exciting guest for this particular segment. So stay tuned for that. All right. Well, every week we do a special victory story. So we're going to go ahead and play one minute of a brand new video that just came out from Sidewalk Advocates for Life. This is the story of the closing of the last remaining abortion facility in Pensacola, Florida. So I think we're ready to roll on that, right? They were standing in front of a small metal building with a pro-abortion security guard that was trying to intimidate them off their mission. They had pro-abortion protesters that would come out of nowhere to try to throw them off their game. And through all these obstacles over the years, they persevered. We are so excited to be here in Pensacola, Florida celebrating the closure of American Family Planning Abortion Facility. Our sidewalk advocates have persevered to see this victory, and we are so grateful to be able to join with them today in celebrating that life is now being preserved instead of being taken. In 2014, uh, I heard about Sidewalk Advocates for Life as the new ministry was being launched. I was like, this is what we need to do as an organization. This is the direction we need to head in. I also faced an unplanned pregnancy at 21, and I just remember those real scary feelings, not knowing what to do. And so um, the training that Sidewalk Advocates gave me was, they gave me an inside look on what an abortion-minded woman really needs. 
Beautiful. Okay. So that's the teaser. You got to go watch the rest of the video on the Sidewalk Advocates for Life Facebook page or YouTube channel. You have to see the rest of the story. Um, what the video goes on to share is that three women almost died at this facility, that there were 60 pages worth of health violations. So anyways, I'll just put out that additional teaser. You got to go watch the rest of the story. It is so phenomenal. So they say a picture is worth a thousand words. A video clip is worth uh, a million of my own words. So I thought that that would be a really good uh, thing to play during our victory story segment. So go watch it. Sidewalk awesome. Advocates for Life YouTube or Facebook page. Yeah, such a great video, such an amazing story. So please make sure you go check it out. So today for our tip, I wanted to share how important it is that each of you who are doing pro-life work have time for fellowship amongst your, your teammates. Sometimes we get so busy in doing the work that we forget that it's important that we spend some time together fellowshipping, talking about what's going on in our personal lives, and encouraging one another in the great work that we have been called to. You know, even here with my team here at Sidewalk Advocates for Life, I, I get to lead our programs department. And I have several ladies who work under me and work with me as we, you know, are reaching out and helping our leaders across the country. And we even make sure that we spend time at least about once a month to just fellowship together for about an hour and talk about what's going on in our lives, what we'd like to share, just some fun stuff. So I want to encourage you that, especially for those of you who are Sidewalk Advocates for Life local leaders, and you have a team of volunteers that sometimes are scheduled for hours on the sidewalk and don't see each other face to face very often, that you spend some time together once a month, once a quarter, even if it has to be virtually, but I would encourage you to do it in person as much as you can so that you guys can take some time to fellowship together and be encouraged together. So just wanted to give you that tip today as we think about how do we continue to stay encouraged and, and spend some time in fellowship in the great work that each of us are doing. And then I'm going to um, give us a scripture this morning and we'll talk about the scripture reflection and then have a time of prayer today. My scripture for today comes from 2 Timothy 1.7 and the scripture says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. It is so important that we are reminded that even when there can be anxiety around us or stress around us or fear around us, that that doesn't come from God. And we have an opportunity to stand firm in being people of the cross, being people of faith, and, and really reminding ourselves that God has not given us that spirit, but that God has given us power and of love and of a sound mind. And that when we lead in love, when we lead in the power of God, when we lead in a sound mind that is fully, you know, fully um, stayed on Christ and on his work in the cross and, and on our faith, that we can, you know, really have power over all of the things that try to come against us. I encourage you today, if you you know, can take some time to read all of 2 Timothy chapter 1. Go ahead and read all of 2 Timothy, the entire book. A great um, a great book to read and just to be encouraged in, in the, the faith that we have, the hope that we have, the truth of the power that God has given us all. So I want to encourage you in that scripture today. Again, that's 2 Timothy 1, 7. And if you would, let's pray together as we get close to the end of our show today. Dear Lord, thank you so much for the opportunity to be together today. Thank you for your word and how powerful it is 
that we we are not to be people of fear. Fear is not something that comes from you, that we should be people who are focusing on love and truth and being people of a sound mind. God, I pray that you would guide us today, that you'd continue to lead us in all that we are doing as people of faith, as people in the pro-love, pro-life movement, that you would continue to show us our next moves and how we can continue to help those around us who are in need. God, I pray that you would grant great protection to those who are on sidewalks and working in pregnancy help organizations throughout the country today and throughout this weekend. God, I pray that you would continue to lead us all into what you have called us to. God, I thank you. I'm so encouraged by the incredible victories that we continue to hear day in and day out of women and men who are making a choice for life outside of abortion facilities. I pray that you would bless those who have recently chosen life today, that you would help them during the pregnancy as they continue. And God, that you would continue to lead all of us into your truth each and every day. We'll continue to give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. What a great show, in my humble opinion. <laughs> Easy for the co-host to say that, right? <laughs> it um, was a great show, right? Yeah, it was a really great show. Are you a podcast listener, Nate? Do you listen to podcasts? Uh, yeah. Yeah, a little bit. I, I I seem to struggle finding enough time to listen to the long format ones, but I do enjoy them. Yeah, yeah. I go walk my dogs a lot in the evening and I throw on a podcast. So one of my favorites is uh, Dave Ramsey. I love listening to anything Dave Ramsey. Less the money stuff. I mean, I'm, I'm pro getting out of debt for sure, but I love his business stuff. It's really uh, yeah. fun. So. All right, everyone. Well, thank you again for joining us for another episode of Wake Up to Life with Lauren and Nate. We will be be here same time, same bat channel next week and the weeks after. Uh, special interview next week. We won't spoil who it is, but, it, but it's going to be exciting. So we look forward to having you with us next week. Uh, have a great week, everyone. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye-bye.